Welcome to the Dave Squared Podcast. I'm David Kramer, coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I, Dave and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. Easy for you to say. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. <laughs> Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, over 60 years of work experience, and believe it or not, we are not professional broadcasters. And we're making this podcast together to try to help each other, and hopefully you, the listener, save some money. All right, Dave, what is today's topic? We're getting right to the heart of things. Uh, we are going to talk about labor-saving devices. Yeah, and I already knew that answer. <laughs> it's always easier to take a test when you know the answers to the question. Yeah. So I, I, was, think, I was thinking about this because um, I always try to think of a topic that is timely, something I did in the past few weeks, and I was replacing. I have We bought one of those floor cleaners. So in our house, we have... Um, all hardwood, all hardwood type kind of floors, either tile or, or woodish type flooring. And uh, in November 2019, I bought one of those uh, robotic vacuums for a couple hundred bucks. And I will say that I think it's been a good purchase. I remember a coworker of mine right after I graduated from college telling me that you were supposed to vacuum your house once per week for every person that lives in the house. So if you had per week per person, so if you had uh, seven people living in the house, you should vacuum every day. I thought that hmm. was insane, but I don't know. I think, I think here we about 10 years, 10 years ago, we took out all the carpet of the house. So it's all, um, it's like a laminate that looks fair, fairly real. And then just in the bathrooms, there's some tile. And what I noticed with the laminate is you just, all the dirt that normally falls down the bottom of the carpet. It's interesting when you pull your old carpet up, how much like very fine particulate dirt there is at the, at the bottom that's captured over the years. But um, you really notice the, just the dirt comes in on your shoes. We have a couple of dogs, you notice the dirt coming off their feet. So every day is probably good. And it, it picks up probably, I just emptied it out today. It picks up probably, I don't know, like a cup or so of, it's not all dirt, but just we have a lot of fine particulate dirt out here and like some one dog sheds and just little stuff that falls on the floor. Yeah, you know, in my industry, we work, uh, uh, at least a chunk of our employees work in a construction trailer. And back in the old days, you'd always make them with uh, vinyl tile, which makes sense, right? Mud coming in and out, you want to make it easily cleanable. Mm -hmm. uh, but once you started having office people in there, well, even before that, it was dirty all the time. You'd have to mop it every day to make it look like it was clean. Whereas if you put down an inexpensive carpet, you got to clean once a week and it felt cleaner. It just kept the dust down basically. Yeah. So I, I think after we, prior to that, we had about half tile, half carpeting in the house and we decided to go with all hardwood. And I just, you know, um, I, uh, we have this big, huge mop that you maybe see like a janitor use in a big building and that you can pick up pretty quickly, but it actually hard to move that big old three foot mop through and it takes longer if you use a smaller mop. So I saw this on sale and it was recommended in Consumer Reports, 200 bucks, and it's been pretty good. I will say that got through about a year and I replaced the battery and I'm got an aftermarket battery for 13 bucks and you got to put new brushes on it. So maybe you spend 30 bucks a year on maintenance on it. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I think it's been a, it's been a, 
It's been a nice addition. So I was thinking about labor saving devices that we have. And I think that one probably is a good one. If, um, if you say you have a few people in your household and at least here you walk in and out and you track in kind of that fine dust that we have in Arizona onto your floors. A friend of mine bought one just a year or two after they came out. The the Roomba was the first one, R O O M B A, because uh, she was single and she had a relatively large German Shepherd type dog that she said shed all the time. And mm. She couldn't couldn't keep up with the the, the dog hairs basically. It, I think it'd be definitely good because I have one dog that does not shed at all, um, and then the other dog is a smaller, like a dachshund kind of mix, and he sh doesn't shed a lot, but he sheds enough, so it picks. You can see picking up that hair, and it just it's just nice. It kind of keeps everything nice, and you got to be careful because it'll eat up your cords. So, like where my desk is, I have a bazillion cords there underneath the TV. You can put a little mag strip down that keeps the thing away, and you want to in the other areas kind of tie up your cords. Otherwise, it can. We've had a couple near catastrophes where it pulled uh, something off a counter, uh, like a, a phone charger or something like that. But once you kind of tweak that over the first week or two, it's been pretty, it's been pretty uneventful. I think we're going to start looking one for one shortly. As you know, we got a, a new dog. The old, old one is a, a doodle dog that doesn't shed. Mm -hmm. so it hasn't been a problem, but uh, the new one is a shepherd mix, supposedly husky mix. And I think a couple times of the year, they just shed everything all at once. Uh, that would be good. So I, I, I definitely think that, you know, I'm kind of a frugal guy, but I think this has been a good purchase for a couple hundred bucks. It keeps the, it's amazing how much stuff it picks up. I'm really, I'm really impressed by it. Well, I'm a huge fan of labor saving devices. I, uh, I value my time greatly, probably overvalue it. I constantly do calculations in my head when I think people are wasting my time. Like, you know how much my time was worth? Um, <laughs> but so it's fun. Um, uh, what others are you, uh, are you using now? Uh, any other robots oh. around the house? Uh, just the pool. We have a pool here, which is pretty common in Arizona. We have a pool vac, which is pretty common. But I can remember growing up in Florida, we had a pool, which was pretty common. And vacuuming that every week with a manual vacuum, you'd go back and forth and take about 40 minutes. And I think pool vacs existed back. That would have been in the 70s, but they were super expensive, probably the equivalent of two or $3,000 today. And wow. today you can buy a pool vac for like 300 bucks and they work pretty well. So those of you that have a pool, you probably probably already have one. They're pretty ubiquitous. But um, you think about that, that, that probably saves you eh, probably an hour, a week or so. Because out here, this is the time of year where we have dust storms. So I will say I spend uh, probably 20 minutes in the mornings in the summertime fishing all the leaves out of the pool and then making sure it's vacuumed. Yeah. So you brought this up last week. And so I've been trying to think of other things that are labor-saving um, that we might recommend to people. One that I bought, um, I was hesitant to buy, but, uh, was a, a nail gun, an air compressed nail gun. Oh yeah. And, uh, you gotta be careful with them. They are a little dangerous. You don't want to hurt anybody, but Put one of those through your hand with <laughs> pretty easily. Yes. Our uh, finger. Yeah. Yeah. But for doing finished carpentry, using those little narrow head brads is way, it's way faster, right? You can, push things into place with one hand and nail it with the other, which is very difficult to do with a, with a regular hammer. And it's very easy with a regular hammer to leave hammer marks when you're driving nails. If you, and then you've 
it's counterproductive. So you just, you just, you use that one recently for a project. <laughs> it's been a few years, but I'm looking at oh. stuff in the room that's still here that I did it with. I thought you built, I thought you just built a Murphy bed. You would, did you use it for that? Oh, I built that or? 10 years ago, if not 15, oh. but I, did I use it for that? I don't think so. But the running trim in here, I did, uh, I built that fireplace around here. I'll show you. Uh, listeners, this is a visual, but uh, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, they have a. At the time, I, I had to buy a, like a quasi pro one, and that's kind of a pain in the ass. But they make little tiny compressors uh, as kits now for under hundred mm -hmm. bucks. So if you're doing any kind of nailing, you should you should do that. It's worth the investment because tools are so much cheaper than in the old days. That's true, um, and that's a good tip if you're going to do like a project yourself you might invest in something like that because if you throw it in with the project, you're doing it yourself, you're saving a bunch of money. You may as well won't make it easier and you might be able to use that tool. Literally, if you buy the tool, it's still paying for itself over hiring a professional in that case, right? Yeah, and you can give it away, honestly. Or, uh, or if you have show. a garage and keep it, you might use it again. What I was trying to do when I was doing a lot of work is, is figure if I was going to use it twice. If I used it twice, I got my money out of it. You buy the house brand at Home Depot. They don't cost very much, you know, because you can buy something that works for a hundred bucks. You can buy something that's pro level for 500 bucks, but there's a reason you don't generally need those. I mean, but most it's of these, for a pro who uses it every day. Right. So it's overkill for most people. Right. Right. If you don't have one, you should get a decent wireless drill with a lithium battery that lasts a long time. You'll find use for that all just for doing all sorts of repairs. Um, and you can do all that stuff by hand, but it's a lot harder and there's more technique to it. So, um, but the other ones I came up with aren't really a question of recommendation. <laughs> it's just <laughs> acknowledging that they exist and how much better they've made our lives. And gratitude is an important thing. So like things like a power lawnmower, I don't think you even have any grass, right? You have natural desert type stuff. I have no grass, but um, I will say, yes, it's nice to have a power lawnmower because I have used a non-power lawnmower before. Um, and that's a lot on of the work. Size of the lawn, it's a lot of work, yeah. And they don't work yeah. very well. They don't work that well. I will say that at my mom's place, she has a professional come in to do her yard now, but for a while when she moved, I was mowing her lawn. I bought one of those electric mowers. Yeah. They're not the non-battery kind. This is more than like 14 years ago and, okay. I, and the, the battery kind didn't exist. Um, but that was manual, but her lawn is 400 square feet. So it's not that hard, but you're right. There's things like that in our life. That's, it's nice to have a power lawnmower if you have any type of lawn whatsoever. Yeah. Most of these are ubiquitous, but when I was a kid, my parents were, had no interest in a power garage door opener. I was the power garage door opener. Really? Get out that's and open a, the door. Really? Yeah. Every morning? Every morning. Um, yeah. But at some point your dad and mom would have had to do it themselves when you're little. Oh, they got it now for sure. <laughs> it used to be the remote control for the TV too, right? Back when we only had four channels. Click, click, click. Yeah. Click. I was thinking about another one, dishwasher. So dishwasher um, is fairly ubiquitous, but I will say like my daughter is moving from New York City and her New York City apartment doesn't have a dishwasher in it. So she's pretty excited because she's moving to Michigan and she's going to have a dishwasher in her apartment. So um, actually, in some ways, it's good because it saves generally typically saves water. You can wash 
dishes with a lot less water and a lot less water heating than you can um, just doing it manually. Yeah, the same friend with the the dog and the Roomba, she had a, a very compact little house in Oakland, uh, but she bought one of those Fisher Paykill uh, two drawer uh, dishwashers. Mm-hmm. Fisher Paykill also makes lab equipment. They're pretty nifty, but because she had so little storage area, she would keep clean dishes in one and dirty dishes in the other and just transfer them. Uh, <laughs> That's an interesting concept. I think I would just wash one, just wash one side, leave that as the clean dishes and then just use the other one and dirt or maybe alternate or something like that. But then I guess you probably um, wouldn't fully maybe use every clean dish in the side that was clean. Maybe. I think I'd have to use P6 and graph it out. <laughs> Do a time scale Gantt chart to make sure I had enough coffee cups. I was brainstorming with my son before and he, he threw out the idea of a washing machine. Cause I guess now this goes way back. So most of us, I, don't think I've lived in a house that didn't have a dishwasher in it. My daughter's lived in an apartment without a dishwasher. I think every apartment I lived in had a dishwasher in it. I know my wife had an apartment that did not have a dishwasher in it, but I never lived in a house without a washer and dryer. Hmm. So <laughs> this is how fast things have changed. My, <laughs> my grandfather, my father's father grew up on a farm that did not have running water inside the house. Right. They had to use a privy. I don't know how they, you know, wash dishes and wash clothes. I don't know if they had to haul down to the river to get clean water. And, um, but, you know, admittedly, my, my, my family was very cheap. Apparently there was city water available. They just didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> uh, it was a newfangled thing at that time. <laughs> but, um, you know, things we take for granted that uh, other parts of the world, they don't have. It's a lot of work to do your laundry if you have to haul it down to the river and beat it on a rock. Oh yeah, that would be an all day event for sure. So that, that's a really awesome time-saving thing. I'm impressed on the garage door, but I've never would have thought of that, but that's a that's a big to-do because it it's kind of a pain to have to open the door, back your car out, get out, then close the door again. Yeah, a couple others like that. Uh, garbage disposal, those are very nice to have. Um, a couple of places in Palo Alto, California here, they're illegal. Even in a commercial kitchen, you have to hmm. compost period. Interesting. Kink. Yeah, I was going to say my daughter in her New York apartment, they, she doesn't have a garbage disposal. So she just has to put it in the trash. Cause somebody does have to take that out of the, out of the sewage. So yeah, environmentally, I can see the argument for it. Um, the other one I thought of was uh, automatic car wash. Right. That's pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. You can wash a car with a bucket and a sponge. I used to do that when I was ambitious, but it's nice to just drive through it. It's pretty amazing today. We have a, we have a place near us. It's like $5 for the cheapest wash. Really? And it's, it's, you know, it's one of those places that's all automated, if you will. And it's a, I mean, for five bucks, that's a pretty good deal. And yeah. it does a pretty decent job. I run my car through it every once in a while. Um, it's hard to it's hard to beat it for five bucks if you value if you value your time even at minimum wage you, it, it it pays off. Yeah. I got one more. Some folks like some fancy folks like to wash their car themselves. You got a nice car. There's a lot of people who are car aficionados that would never run it through a automatic uh, car wash. That's that is true. It's car paint is way better than in the old days, right? And so it can take a lot of beating. And car washes are touchless etc um but 
you know, if you're a car guy, I started doing it. I think I told you this because I used to hand wash my cars. Um, but then uh, when you wash it yourself, you find little chips in the paint and tar you can't get off and you see nicks in the wheels and stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. if you drive it to a car wash, hand it over, it comes out and you're like, ooh, shiny new car. I'm happy. As a- <laughs> <laughs> you never, so you do it yourself. You're depressed because your car feels like it's getting old. But washing the automatic car wash looks awesome. Exactly. So it's about better joy. for you. It's another labor-saving device, Dave. You're not going to like this. This is the bane of your existence, your nemesis, the uh, automatic ice maker. Oh, that is a big deal. So we're. <laughs> it's funny because I you you laugh. I did fix my ice maker, which was broken for a Yay, number of years. Congratulations. You know, I, I'm I'm a, I live in a post-ice world, so I don't need ice for my. The only thing I need ice for is if you're if you need to blanch vegetables, like you're making green beans, you need ice to cool the water off to blanch them. But otherwise, I don't put ice in my drinks. I don't care. But apparently there's some people in my family who like ice. So I had to break down and fix the ice maker. Dave, you live like an animal drinking. Which, which is one of those things on your, which is I think the number one thing that breaks on your fridge. And I spent hours mucking with that thing. I finally broke down and just bought another ice maker that kind of slotted in and it worked. Oh, my parents, fortunately they're not listeners. They are not fans of the uh, podcast. So I can say whatever I want. They uh, would never buy an ice maker, just something else to break. Uh, And we never had, we never had power windows in our cars growing up. (laughs) Well, it's interesting. Well, I'm gonna go back to the ice maker and hit the power windows, but, um, I'm trying to find in the house. I know somewhere in our house we have those ice trays. You, yeah. you all remember that if you're over the age of 30 where you, it was not uncommon not have an ice maker. And I've certainly lived in an apartment where I did not have an ice maker. So my, I talk about my daughter, she's moving. Her new apartment does not have a freezer that has an ice maker. So she needs some of those trays. I'm trying to find them. They're somewhere in the house. I know we have them somewhere, but just can't, we, I've, I've looked for now a little bit and I can't find them, but I, I'm on a hunt. They still exist. I have yeah. some that are shaped like guitars. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is it's fun. But you talk about cars. It's interesting. I think the first time that I that we had a car that had electric windows was eye opening. It was like I think it was 1977. We bought a Chevy Caprice hmm. and it had power windows. And up until that point, you cranked the windows. And even I don't think I bought a car that had power windows till about 1980 eight or so maybe it's a honda accord maybe 86 accord that have power windows on it pretty hard to find a car without them now it, it is amazing you think about even low priced cars have power windows on them you think about all the power accessories that are on a car today that did not exist when you and i were there power power windows power door locks right yep. you remember having to that lean was- over and make sure you manually lock all the doors in your car yep yep um i remember the first car we got with um cruise control my dad's 1979 Oldsmobile, which is around the time I was learning to drive, right? That turned 16 in 1980, same as you. Yeah. Uh, here's, a, here's a tip for our listeners. Uh, I read the manual and it said the cruise control could be engaged at 35 miles an hour. So I used to do that around town because it was fun, like a video game. Uh, mm-hmm. by, but it does not work in reverse. <laughs> it's been on never- I would have never thought of that. Oh the speedometer doesn't read in reverse. So, but you can't tell because you didn't have a backup camera, right? So I was looking over my shoulder trying to get up to 35 miles an hour backwards. <laughs> Again, my parents do not listen to this. 
Oh my gosh, I've never thought about putting in cruise control. And those cruise controls back in the day were like vacuum controlled. They weren't super accurate. So they would, they would be, you know, it would be 35 miles an hour plus or minus like about four or five miles an hour either way. They didn't hold very well. Today's cruise controls are electronic and they're like spot on, but yeah. Yeah, and it's a labor-saving device. And I, we've, I've mentioned this before, but I highly recommend the adaptive cruise control. It's available on some uh, modest cars. It's available on Honda Civics. It's standard on Honda Accords, and it will make your commute so much better. It's hard to pay attention all the time, and it will slow down when the car in front of you slows down. So. That's a nice safety feature. I don't have that, so that's one thing I miss. The other thing I miss is um, the the lane monitoring. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of wish I had that. In my, I was talking to my wife. She wishes she had that too, because none of our cars have that. That seems like a nice safety feature to have. I recommend that as well. It doesn't work as well as the adaptive cruise control. You, you really pretty much got to pay attention to it. Um, but it, it it's nice. It, it, it does save some effort and concentration. Um, it was just, I was in a rental last week. I, you could probably turn it on, but I, some rental would always beep, which seems a little irritating if you're on the highway. But Hmm. It must have been turned off because this rental, it just it had little lights that you could see the lights come on where the mirrors were. So you could visually see, but it probably has a beep too, if you want it to turn it on that way, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, here's one that's really old school, but you made me think of it because of your adventures coming up. But a furniture dolly, you know, that's made out of four pieces of wood with carpet on the top parts and yes. four casters on the bottom can save you a lot of injuries. They are really useful. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, you talk about buying tools. I have one of those because it moved a few times over the years that you can buy them for $10 at Home Depot. It saves you a lot of effort when you're moving a heavy piece of furniture. Um, it's interesting. We're hiring some movers um, and they don't bring that equipment. So we rented that with the U-Haul a, um, hand truck, which is, you can stack multiple boxes on a furniture dolly because that'll come in handy. Here's another one on the be grateful for, but it's been around for a long time. Permanent press clothes. I don't know it was the last time you ironed a shirt, but it's a pain in the ass. The last time I ironed a shirt was when I went to a wedding. I have a few dress, white cotton dress shirts that aren't permanent press, so they have to be ironed, but probably once in the last three or three or four years, because I like to buy the non-iron ones that are they look reasonably nice. You can iron them, but yeah, that's a that's a big time saver for sure. Modern enhancement. And here's what I'd recommend. You don't have, because you're more organized than I am, but I bought one of those fairly expensive Fuji Tech Snap Scan scanners, which has a sheet feeder on it and dumps them right into PDF and will save them to Evernote or something like that automatically. Mm -hmm. That helps you keep your desk clean if you keep up on it. That is nice. One, I'm going to give a shout out to Adobe. Um, it's interesting. I have a scanner here, which I haven't used for 10 years. Nice Canon scanner I'm going to probably give away. Adobe has an app on your phone and I've used it a few times. It's not as nice as what you have, which auto feeds it, but you can use your phone to scan documents and it makes it real easy that you can add like one or more pages and it automatically um, puts the pages together for you. So um, recently I had signed a, oh, I think it was uh, something to do with employment letter and there was multiple pages I wanted to like eight pages or something like that. It was really nice. So that's a, a big time saver because back in the day, I would scan each of those pages, except my low-tech scanner wouldn't um, concatenate the pages together to make one document. It was like eight separate scans, which is irritating. Yes. See, things get better all the time. They do get better all the time. And it's amazing. 
you brought up some things I've never thought of that saved you know, time. There's things in our kitchen. I was thinking of a mixing bowl where back in the day you'd have to mix yeah. dough for bread that you used to bake in your own oven yourself, which you couldn't buy at the store. Or you didn't live close to the store cookies, you know, and now you have electric mixers that will do that for you. It's amazing. All those little time-saving things that we have in the modern world. Yeah. And it makes things more, some of them make things more uh, approachable. For instance, sound editing software, which I'm going to use either today or tomorrow to uh, put this broadcast together, podcasts. And uh, in the old days, you had to do that with tape and scissors. Splicing, and splicing a tape with a tape splicer and, and taping the two pieces of tape together. Exactly. The, the magnetic recording tape, I mean, and putting it together and splicing it together. Yeah. With sticky tape. And uh, you could learn how to do that, but it, it was like an apprenticeship. You wouldn't go to college for it, I don't think. But it was it was a skill and you needed some expensive equipment in your studio. So here, any monkey can do it with an iPad or a, 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 a PC. I use Audacity, which is a very powerful software that is free. I don't know how that works exactly, but I'm happy. Works for me. Yeah, so there's a lot of labor-saving devices out there um, that you should consider. The one thing I'm looking at is uh, a friend of mine gave me a tip, and I haven't looked at it yet, but apparently for those of us who have swimming pools, and not everybody has a swimming pool, but uh, this time of year I'm thinking about it because I'm spending 20 minutes every morning fishing all the leaves out of my pool after the nightly wind blows and the dust room comes through. But it's apparently some device that floats on the pool and paddles around, uses the solar panels to charge a battery and it will scoop up all the leaves for you. Hmm. Good idea. So I'm thinking about it. I got to look at how much it is. I think it's kind of pricey. So I'm going to take a look at it. I'm not sure if that would save in my world, if I would justify the price or not, but it's kind of an interesting, similar to like having a vac for the bottom of the pool. This just gets at the top or having a you know, robot vacuum inside your house. <laughs> Yep, of course, and we save all this labor and uh, um, watch more TV. Exactly, and then pay to go to a gym <laughs> and pay a, pay a, a trainer to yell at us to move. I want to pay a trainer to exercise my muscles for me, so I don't have to. <laughs> Here's one for uh, us guitar players: electronic tuners. I don't know if you remember trying to tune your guitar by ear, but I, I wasn't. I don't have a good ear, so that would take me a long time. And they're and they're cheap. You can I've seen I've seen some low cost ones like for a buck. They just sit on the headstock, right? And, you, and yep. they can hear the vibration. Yeah, that is pretty. It's a pretty cool concept. And I was thinking of things like looping pedals, so then you don't have to have a rhythm guitarist. <laughs> I don't have one of those. I can't figure out how they work. But <laughs> uh, all the modern conveniences. Uh, sorry, I keep having to mute because. I don't know. There must be the flight pattern today. All the um, propeller helicraft, propeller aircraft from the General Aviation Airport down the down the hill from us seems to be going right overhead today. Coming over your house, lifting off right over the home. Hmm. I got one more. I wanted to make a point of uh, YouTube saves a lot of labor. If you need to know how to do something, that's a good way to skip a couple iterations and watch somebody do it. I mean, I just. I know we talked about probably an auto show, but I just replaced the spark plugs and the coolant and the inverter coolant from my son's 2010 Prius. And back in the day, you had to either, you know, fish around yourself and maybe get it right or not get it right. But I looked at a YouTube video and it just makes life so easy. You don't have to go out and get a Chilton book 
like back in the day and it's just you can rerun it over again and people give you tips it just it is phenomenal for do-it-yourself kind of stuff yep and it's nearly free except for you know the advertisements and the undermining of democracy <laughs> there you go but i i can't tell you how many times i google stuff like my ice maker that i finally broke down and fixed i you know watched a lot of videos and checked the top 10 things that go wrong and that's true. I had to replace the ice maker on my built-in refrigerator. I certainly didn't want to replace that refrigerator. Um, and uh, I, I think I Amazoned it and read the reviews. And then uh, it wasn't that hard. It does suck working in the freezer because everything's cold and the clock's ticking on your food all melting while you got the door open. Yeah, I, I had to take my, I got the um, cooler out and put a bunch of stuff in the cooler while I was working on it just to avoid that issue if you will but it is amazing all the labor-saving devices we have so i was i was thinking about that and being grateful for it as i was emptying out the little um floor vac that we bought about a year ago so listeners maybe think about some things that might make your life better through time saving and maybe try to do something productive with that extra time hey do you want to say what the uh brand name is of the vacuum if you're happy with it yeah, it's a UFI, E-U-F-Y, and I think the model I bought it was a 30C. It was pretty highly rated in Consumer Reports, and I think I bought it for just under 200 bucks without tax, so I think it was just above $200 with tax, and, and so far it's been pretty good. I don't know how long it's going to last. It's been a, I've had it for a little more than a year and a half. I replaced the battery. you got to replace the brushes every six months to a year, three to three, three to six months maybe. Um, but so far so good. So you're not tempted to rig it up with some floats and see if you can get it to use, clean the top of your swimming pool. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think that would, that would be a no-go for me. Watch that YouTube video. <laughs> All right. I think that, that was a fun conversation. Uh, thanks everyone who's been listening and uh, we'll talk soon. Until next time. Bye-bye.